Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. This is delicious beer, Alice. Oh my goodness! This is New Newburyport. Um, this is Newburyport Brewing Company. Mm-hmm. Lighthouse Lemon Lime Ghost. What is Ghost? Some jerky name. It's delicious though. Nice. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, what can I tell you today, Alice Shattuck? I have a question for you. I was thinking about the situation in Ukraine. So it looks like the the operation itself, the operation has failed. The, the Russian oper- operation. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so now they're beating the crap out of Mariupol and Mariupol, yeah, yeah. some other places. They're just shelling uh, to the ground. Mm-hmm. And it's awful. The accounts are terrible. And, sort of, and just basically saying, if you want us to stop, then give us this. But they're not quitting. Right. And they are determined. The determination and the resolution. Resoluteness? Resolution? Sure. Resolution. Um, the resolve is all on Ukraine's That's a good side. One, yeah. The resolve is all on Ukraine's side. And so you. Uh, and so they're continuing to get up armored and they're getting more goodies. And they're beating the crap out of the. Any all the Russian vehicles are getting just waxed. These people are they're just they're giving the Russians hell to the point where this is they're hemorrhaging money now in equipment in lives now. Mm-hmm. All the all the the counts are different, whatever. But if they say it's even if it's five thousand people, that is a catastrophic um loss and situation that they're in now. So my feeling is this: we don't want to. We're not going to do anything. We're not going to get do NATO and go do a no-fly zone because then we're going to get in uh, firefights with with Russian planes, and we're not going to have NATO troops on the ground because because if we do that, then then um, he's got nukes and he could just say f this since his back is against the wall. 
But as it stands now, Putin is in a situation where he can't pull out. Right. If he pulls out, it's Vladimir Putin assumes room temperature very quickly. So he's got to try to do something to win. So why wouldn't he use a nuke now? Why wouldn't that be the next thing you do? And so we're so we're worried about him using nukes if we tick him off. Isn't that one of the last things left on the board for him to do? I mean, sure, I guess so. Like, I I think that's what people have kind of been saying all along, too, is like, this is not a guy who you like what he does once you back him into a corner, right? And he's vicious and he doesn't care about human life and he's going to do what he thinks he needs to do to get a win. And I, I really, you know, I think that is what's so dangerous about this situation, the truth is also that, you know, even though this is clearly not how they wanted this to go, the Russians, like, they they can keep throwing stuff at this. Like, clearly, what's happening in Mariupol and other places, but, I mean, I think most famously there, there was a big, um, I think it was an AP piece out today about the reporters there and how they were targeted mm-hmm. by Russian lists and and just the the terrible humanitarian travesty that is happening in Mariupol where they're not letting relief trucks in and they're not letting people escape and I mean like it's it's really hideous what's going on and you know Russia might not be able to keep this up forever and they might be taking heavy losses while they keep it up, but it's also horrific for the people that live there, you know? So I think that's where this becomes difficult for the Ukrainians. And yeah, I mean, from Putin's perspective, does it speed things along and limit his losses in getting the Ukrainians to come to some sort of agreement with him to give some stuff up if he uses a nuke? Uh, The next question is, does the world let him use a nuke and walk away with like the winnings of that gamble or not? Right? Mm -hmm. Because that obviously raises this conflict to a new level that has not been seen since world war ii which and and would be even probably greater than you've seen in world war ii because there's been advances in sure since that time obviously the russians are also going to say the ukrainians did the nuke (laughs) yeah they got their hands on some lost nuke and they set it off to make us look bad that's going to be what they're going to say um but but, you know, does the world do something about the nuke or not? That's the question. Does the world do something about the nuke or not? Because he will have proven categorically... That he's willing to use nukes. Exactly. <laughs> so do we dare go engage him? Send the Americans over there? Do we... I mean, do we have to look... You, we're near Seabrook Nuclear Power Plant mm-hmm. where we are, Alice. You and yes. I get the fire, I believe, from here. Um, and... I mean, <clears throat> once he's willing to use a nuke, and he, <clears throat> well, and that just goes to the need that he, he needs an off-ramp. But there's no off-ramp. The off-ramp for Russia, for the benefit of Russia, is a withdrawal. And even a, a, even a um, negotiated withdrawal, you know, could have some verbiage about the UN, NATO, whatever. But what's in Russia's best interest is not in Putin's best interest. Right. So, and as a guy who likes killing people, I'm sure that he is plenty paranoid and knows that there are others like him saying, you know what, Uh, maybe the old man has uh, lost his grip here. And, I mean, this is such a dangerous position to be in 
right now. This is right. not like with uh, in the eighties with Gorbachev with Perestroika, which is the reformation of the government from within. It was in Russia. It's be- it was patriotic. <clears throat> Perestroika was pa- patriotic because you needed a reformation of the Soviet Union. You needed a different business model. Among other things, the Yanks were bankrupting them. Right. Because they had to, if they were in a Cold War with us, and they had to <clears throat> try to match spending, and they couldn't do it. <clears throat> um, so, but, I mean, that was... That was different. And but I'm sure, actually, that, that Putin hated Perestroika. <laughs> As a matter of fact, now that I'm about it. Um, but, but, like, this is, this is a dangerous thing. Mm-hmm. Because he's running out of, I mean, I guess maybe he'd go to gas before nukes. Yeah, or whatever bioweapons definitely aren't in any biolabs in Ukraine kind of thing. Right, I guess. Uh, I mean, I guess that's a that's an earlier option, but yeah, I mean, the more desperate he gets, the more dangerous the situation gets for the Ukrainians who are still in Ukraine. Uh, obviously, if you look at what's going on in the cities that Russia is attacking right now, the, I mean, mm-hmm. the longer this drags out, and the more desperate Putin gets, the uglier the situation becomes, and the more dramatic this stuff is that the Russians are doing. I mean, there's all kinds of reports. Who knows what's true and what's not? There are certainly reports that. Russian troops are going around with lists grabbing people. Mm-hmm. There's reports that they're grabbing people and sending them to camps in Russia. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, it, it's very hard to know what the situation is and whatever it is. It's definitely not good. Uh, the sooner this ends, the better for everybody. But, but yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know how it unfolds from here. And I, I don't think that anybody does, except maybe Putin knows what comes next from Putin's perspective. But but yeah, I mean, I think I assume all the world leaders have to be asking themselves these questions. Like if he does biological or chemical weapons, is that a red line? If he uses a nuke, is that a red line? What if it's just a mini nuke, like one of these tactical nuclear weapons? Like, is that still count or is that just, you know, like the way it goes on the battlefield? There's been debate about using those for you know, many years and like whether that really counts as using nukes or not. But, you know, we're in for the, I would say, maybe I'm wrong, but I would say for like the post World War II era, we're really like in uncharted territory at this point. Mm -hmm. Maybe you feel different, maybe like Vietnam or Korea or something else goes, it seemed more uh, precarious for the world. But this seems like really, to me, at least in my lifetime, this sort of um, tipping point. So as a kid who grew up in the 80s, amidst all the 80s movies about us being nuked, from war games um, to, um, what was it, the longest, not the longest day. Anyway, there was a, maybe it wasn't the longest day. No. Was there one that was like there was, uh, the day after or yeah, something some, like that? Something like that. Well, that that's the climate change one, I think. But I no, forgot. there was. Um, but there was something like there that. There was one in about eighty three that was a big showed everything would happen uh-huh. if there was nukes and everybody, and um, and <clears throat> back then, uh, as a kid, we didn't care about we didn't. It was unbelievable to us. So we didn't care. I and mean, I know I just talked to one of my friends over the weekend who said he was worried. I was like, really, you cared? <laughs> We didn't care about nukes. Now it seems more real to me than it was then. Right. That it, that it could happen. It just seemed then you were at such an impasse. It was a standoff back then. Two big, mighty powers in mutually assured dest- destruction made no sense. Now it seems more likely. Because mm-hmm. now this guy's got his own interests. And it may be just a madman. 
Now right, was- and he's got a little country that he can bully with the chance that the big powers don't want to be involved in this. Mm-hmm. Certainly, I don't think China's going to do anything to stop him, right? <clears throat> you know, I, I, What would be one of the things that happens that makes us move to Vermont? Uh, down here becomes a nuclear wasteland? No, I understand that. <laughs> I, I think that would be a pretty good reason to move. Yes, I don't know. But before that, what are the things that would happen with this conflict that would have us just operate out of Vermont? Um, if he used a nuke? Would you go to Vermont? I, I don't know. I'm wondering. I, I don't know what you're driving at. If nuke's going to hit Seabrook, New Hampshire, and okay. we can see it, then we'll move, Alice. <laughs> okay. What are you trying to What about if there's a no-fly zone? Then would you move to Vermont? I'm asking you. I mean, I'd move to Vermont today, but okay. I don't know. I'll try this with somebody else. <laughs> I don't Looking get at this, this woman's uh, <clears throat> Facebook post today from Maria Paul. Uh, a young woman says, I go out on the street during breaks between bombs. I need to walk the dog. She's constantly sneezing, shaking, and hiding behind my feet. Which totally makes sense because dogs don't like fireworks. Of course, not going to like missile strikes. I always want to sleep. My yard surrounded by many stories is quiet and dead. I am no longer afraid to look around. Opposite the entrance of the 150 house, the flame devoured five floors and slowly chews the sixth. The fire in the room burns neatly like a fireplace. Black tiled windows stand without glass. From them, the tongues, like tongues, curtains fall out of them, and I look calmly at, uh, and uh, and I look at this calmly and cursed. I'm sure I'm going to die soon. That's a matter of days. In this city, everyone is constantly waiting for death. I just wish she wasn't so scary. Three days ago, a friend of my oldest nephew visited us and told us that it was a direct hit on the fire department. The rescuers have lost their lives. One woman's hand, leg, and head tore off. I dream of my body parts staying still, even after an air bomb blast. I don't know why, but I think this is important. Although, on the other hand, there will still be no burial during combat. This is how the police responded to us when we caught them on the street and asked what to do with our friend's, with our friend's dead grandmother. <clears throat> they advised to put it on the balcony. I wonder how many balconies are dead bodies lying on. Our house on Myra Avenue, it's an interesting thing, we've got a Myra Avenue, is the only one without direct hits. He was hit, her pronouns are, are a little whacked. He was hit by shells twice, glass flew out in some apartments. It's probably because the words have gender and... Ukraine. Oh, yeah, but he was hardly injured and looks lucky compared to other houses. The whole yard is covered with a few layers of ash, glass, plastic, and metal shackles. Uh, me trying not to look at the iron f- fool flying into the playground. Not sure what she means. I think it's a rocket, or maybe it's gone. I don't care. It's just uncomfortable. In the third floor window, I see someone's face, and it's chasing me. Turns out I'm afraid of living people. My dog is starting to howl, and I understand they're going to shoot again now. I'm standing outside during the day, and there's a cemetery silence around me. There are no cars, no voices, no children, no grandmothers on the benches. Even the wind is dead. A few people on here, though. A few people on here, though. I assume she means Facebook. Mm-hmm. They are. Oh, no, no, it's not. Uh, they are lying on the side of the house and in the parking lot covered with upper clothes. I don't want to look at them. I'm afraid I'll see someone I know. All life in my city is now mumbling in the basements. She looks out like a candle in our ward. There's nothing to do to put her out. Any vibration or wind in darkness will come. 
I try to cry, but I can't. I feel sorry for myself, my family, my husband, my neighbors, friends. I go back to the basement and listen to a nasty iron cross there. I don't know what this means. Mm. It's been two weeks, and I can't believe there was once another life. People continue to sit in the basement in Mariupol. Every day, it's harder for them to survive. They have no water, food, light. They can't even go outside because of constant shelling. Mariupol residents must live. Help them out. Tell them about it. Let everyone know that the killing of peaceful people continue. So that's just uh, some woman who a reporter found her Facebook post. Yeah. <clears throat> that I thought... It is interesting because yeah. if you've got no nothing, then all you can do, if you don't have food and water and... All you can do is just wait. It is crazy to think about doing something as normal as continuing to walk your go out and walk your dog. Isn't it a little funny? Like just, I guess the dog still needs to be walked. It might be the apocalypse and everybody's dead around yeah. you and bombs are falling on the buildings left and right. But you still, your dog still needs to go out and walk. So you just get up and walk the dog in between. Yeah. Bombings. Like, I, it's sort of surreal. But yeah, it's terrible. And that's what I mean when I say, like, when there's all this narrative that the war's going so badly for Putin and for Russia, and like, I, I think that that's true compared to where they thought they would be. It's also going worse for these people. Mm-hmm. You know, and if it's just a question of who can last this out longer, I think it might be Putin. You know, because. At some point, like, all the people are going to... who. What is that? Okay. Um, it stopped. <laughs> the, the people who are still alive are going to... I mean, like, what's the point? It just... I I don't know who wins in this. I Obviously, nobody wins in this. I, but, yeah, when you, when you read and hear things like that and you see Facebook posts, especially, like, you see... I saw one the other day, I think I showed you, that was, like, a mom and her, and her son. And it was, like, the this reporter found graves with their names on them and so like Google found them looked for them on Facebook right hmm. and found the mom on Facebook and a kid the same name and the right age and mm-hmm. uh, found like pictures of them you know like last summer hanging out like in the city streets in Kiev that was normal and it's just it's so like surreal and weird it it's it's terrible I mean it's a horror movie really and <coughs> I and I I'm going to say know. something that sounds very very naive um mm-hmm. but and I, I'm going to say it anyway even though it's, it's 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 so simplistic and it's just so unnecessarily mean and cruel. Yeah. Like this doesn't this is not a necessary thing. These are not two countries that have declared war either. Right. This is one country just going in and destroying lives, right? In kid, without regard, women, children, men, women, kids, pets, because that because the that particular madman, <clears throat> it's crazy. Um, yeah. All right. So the um, Supreme Court thing is going. I, I care very little about it, but there, I am yeah, intrigued. by she's this. gonna probably end up on the Supreme yeah. Court. Yeah, I mean, she seems nice. I don't care really. Fortunately, Clarence Thomas seems to be doing better. They're gonna release him supposedly in the next couple days. No, let me play this. This is Maisie Hirono, um talking today during the Senate uh, Judiciary Committee hearing. Though my Republican colleagues and public figures have attempted to undermine your qualifications through their pejorative use of the term 
affirmative action. And they have implied you were solely nominated due to your race and not for other factors. Apparently, some have even claimed that you need to show your LSAT scores to determine whether you are a top legal mind. Some uh, have implied that you were solely nominated due to your race. I don't know. That's what we were told by Joe Biden, <laughs> that he was getting... When a- he <clears throat> listed his qualifications for Supreme Court justice, he said black and a woman. So right. that's where that came from. It wasn't... Re- Republicans didn't make this up out of nowhere. Right. This is incredibly offensive and condescending. Let me be clear. Your nomination is about not about filling a quota. Um, <laughs> not at all. It's not? Because the guy just told us it's about filling a quota. And that's why it's historic. This is so uh, beautiful for this administration to be saying. It is about time. It's about time that we have a highly qualified, highly accomplished black woman on the Supreme Court. Huh? But it's not about race and it's not about filling a quota. But we need to fill a quota. But yeah, it should. we need a black woman on the Supreme Court. Right. But, but <laughs> she didn't say... Uh, the most qualified person on the country. We really no. need a great progressive legal scholar on the Supreme Court. She said we need... How dare they say that we're only nominating somebody because they're a black woman. We need a black woman on the Supreme right. Court. Exactly. <laughs> it's about time our highest court better reflects the country it serves. These people are effing nuts. It's about time that black women and girls across the country can finally see themselves who look like them sitting on the highest court, making decisions that will impact their lives. Oh, man, you play with race and you're in an uglier uh, world that you've created for yourself. How come there have been no Serbians on the Supreme Court? I I demand to see myself. I don't see all too many Asians, and I believe that... This is Asians are being beat on, right? So maybe those little girls need to see themselves. No, on the Supreme Court. I don't know. <sighs> it's really crazy. Uh, the left is nuts, and for them to, in the same breath, be doing this with uh, Katanji Brown Jackson talking about how like these attacks on her are racist or whatever. Like they've accused a bunch of people of racism now for Josh Hawley in particular, Marsha Blackburn for, you know, criticizing some of her legal decisions and saying she's too soft on crime or whatever, which I don't know if I have that strong feelings on. She's a liberal. They're going to nominate a liberal. Like it, it is what it is. She's replacing a liberal. It's not that big a deal. But that being said, I, for them to accuse everybody of racism, in the same breath in which they're turning around and saying that it's great that Clarence Thomas is dying mm-hmm. because he's mean and they don't like him. Who was that guy? Do we know him? Um, <clears throat> I don't know. You're the one who brought it up last night on our Patreon show. We talked a little. Tom was reading no, but this some guy right here. Who- no, that was Dan Savage that I had. But is this Dan Savage here? No, this is Turtle Leanigmatic. Here's another guy who's thrilled. This just in, Clarence Thomas has been hospitalized with pneumonia. <laughs> yes! It's gonna be a good day. Hopefully. Hopefully he dies. I mean, just kidding. But like, hopefully we get another Supreme Court. <laughs> 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 Seems very normal. 
and okay. I mean, I, I, the left loves RGB, and she's obviously a big progressive and everything. I don't really remember there being any videos of conservatives acting like that about Ruth Bader Ginsburg, even when she did die. Correct. I don't think anybody behaved that way. I know they think that we're thinking it because that's how they feel about us. Mm -hmm. But it's all projection with them. They hate us and want us to die. So they always assume that we just hate them and want them to die. They hate you because you're a white person. So they assume you're hating someone because they're a black person. You know, that's how they operate. They, They are terrible, small-minded, angry people deep down. So they assume everyone is that way. It, it, remarkable. But he wears, but he's got a cute little tight haircut and a right <laughs> eyes on shirt or whatever it is and is dressed to the tees and lives in a nice loft apartment somewhere and has a Prius and has whatever. And so he feels like all my things are nice, so I must be nice too. Yeah. So it's nice for me to say, I hope somebody dies. Clarence Thomas, who I believe grew up during Jim Crow, I believe as a black man. Yeah. Where's and, the, who's, where's and by the, the special... way, whose first language isn't even English. Is that true? Yes. He grew up speaking Gullah, also called Geechee, which is a dialect. They're not exactly sure, but it's like based on some West African languages and possibly related to Creole in some ways. But yeah, he grew That's what he grew up speaking as his first language. It's one of the reasons he's like not as talkative um, it, is because he's been self-conscious in his past about you know his, spe- his speaking yeah really? yeah you would think there would be a lot of things that people could find interesting about clarence thomas if they decided to look into him and learn something about him but no one cannot like you can't you're not allowed to like clarence thomas or find him interesting or be interested in his story you know and if if somebody like you see it even with like tim scott right when he shares his story about how his whatever great-grandfather, great-great-grandfather, whatever he shared, grew up picking cotton and how it was like cotton to Congress in three generations or whatever his story. And like they fact-checked it and we're like, he didn't really drop out of school in third grade. It might have been fourth grade. We're not sure. Like it was like crazy. The, they like the Washington Post fact-checker spent time fact checking did they ever check into elizabeth warren's life story at all no zero she got to claim to be an indian but you know any black republican is immediately subject to like the strictest scrutiny to make sure they mm-hmm. really suffered enough and that they they're really black enough and really share enough in black history but you would think clarence thomas would be like a if you were like actually interested in people of different backgrounds and and life stories being on the Supreme Court, then you would then you would be interested in Clarence Thomas, but obviously not. But I I don't know. It's just one of those little things that makes me mad. <laughs> but... What do you want to say? I mean, <clears throat> the and I mean, just watching this this moment here. I'm saving a special this moment in this introduction for my daughters. Talia and Layla. Girls, I know it has not been easy as I've tried to navigate the challenges of juggling my career and motherhood. And I fully admit that I did not always get the balance right. But I hope that you've seen that with hard work, determination, and love, it can be done. I am so looking forward to seeing what each of you chooses to do with your amazing lives in this incredible country. I love you so much.
So it's a very sweet thing, she just said. Mm-hmm. Her daughters are back there, and it's nice. Whatever. Yeah. Remember, these very same good people, good Democrats, were happy to destroy Kavanaugh with his daughter sitting behind him. Accuse, of destroy him, destroy the what, what to her is the the purest form of paternal influence and love in the world is her dad. Mm-hmm. They were happy to call him leader of a sex traffic ring, rapist, etc. Based right. on the, based on some psycho chick who knows nothing about anything, who has zero credibility. Right, and lunatics like Sheldon Whitehouse are sitting here going like, "How dare Josh Hawley politicize this by talking about her judicial record and saying she's soft <clears throat> on crime? These personal attacks must stop. We must not, you know, politicize the Supreme Court process. How dare you? Oh, you mean like making up whole cloth this crazy conspiracy theory and dragging every criminal grifter they could find who would repeat in Insane talking points mm-hmm. about secret gang rape rings and, and oh, yeah. like absolutely the, mental. Like anybody right. who looked at it could see that this was absolutely insane character mm-hmm. attacks by people who were either like just needed mental help, like Julie Swetnick or possibly Christine Blasey Ford, or were absolutely just looking for cash in the lowest possible way, like Michael Avenatti, who CNN had on in seriousness, oh, yeah. and like people were seriously saying needed to be brought in to testify before Congress, who had nothing to do with anything. It was just starting trouble over nothing. It was insane world. And for them, yeah, like for them now to act as though, and and I do actually think that we should, you know, dial back the process a little and try and rein this back in. And people should not um, accuse Katanji Brown-Jackson of running gang rape rings in high school like i think that we should that should not become the norm because it kind of sucks for our country frankly and it's not healthy and i mean there's a bunch of people still walking around who believe those sons of bitches those democrats who did that should be drummed out of public service forever they should be castigated and scorned forever and their graves should freaking reflect the disgusting bottom feeding scum that they are Forever. And for them to say, now we're doing a January 6th committee. Like, F you, dude. You are freaking scum. <laughs> I know. The most unserious people on planet Earth. And obviously, anybody who had Avenatti on their TV show should not be allowed to seriously be in the media business anymore. Was he on The View at one point? I, th- yeah, he was, I he think he was on everybody. The View. And, yes. and Brian Stelter had him on. How can any network seriously have these people on anymore as they're sitting here taking seriously this guy's presidential run and these stories and etc it's just it's incredible it really is and i realize like people on the right have gotten flack for some of the things that some of the wilder theories about the 2020 election and for giving airtime to to people who were floating stuff that turned out not to be true but you know the left routine, like those people, for the most part, are no longer in the business and no longer taken seriously. The people who floated things like that and who took seriously people who floated things like that. You know, to his credit, do you remember Tucker wouldn't have on Sydney or asked to have on Sydney Powell and she wouldn't come on because like he questioned her narrative or claimed something was, it wasn't true or something. Do you remember that? And she wouldn't mm-hmm. come on and defend it or she couldn't provide him any of the evidence he asked for. And then she wouldn't come on and explain herself. And Tucker like didn't really take her seriously because those were unserious people. And uh, for the most part, our party treated them unseriously and people who took them seriously aren't 
any longer seriously running around doing stuff like Rudy Giuliani is no longer holding any office of public trust right like Sheldon Whitehouse who acted like an insane man with the Brett Kavanaugh stuff is still in the Senate like how is this allowed to be this way their party lets the nut jobs continue to be there you know our, our I feel like the Republican Party has done a much better job. And and this is not the narrative you'll hear in the mainstream media. But I feel like for the most part, the Republican Party has done a much better job, you know, cleaning house and, and people who say and do things that they don't back up with facts. They aren't taken seriously anymore, you know. So I don't know. That's just my feeling. But yeah, but I think on the left, the lunatics are just running the asylum. I found this incredible Twitter thread today. This is from uh, Dr. Cherie Becker. Uh, I don't know where she's a doctor. She's not an actual doctor. She's an assistant professor. She, her. But I don't know what she's a doctor of, but not medicine, obviously, because that would be the normal thing you would be. Anyway, uh, but Dr. Cherie Becker says, I've been hearing more frequently the narrative that women's sports apparently exists as a protected category so women can win. Because without that, no woman will ever win again. That is not the reason why women's sports exist as a category. Do you want to guess why she thinks women's sports exist? Um, I have no idea. Let me uh, racism? No. It is not true that women will never win again. This narrative is profoundly paternalistic and keeps women small. Let's unpack this a little. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Oh, God. Stakeholders is coming. Oh, God. Women's sports exist as a category because the dominance of male athletes was threatened by women competing. Oh, I see. I, we had to house them somewhere women else to were stop gonna, being embar- yes. getting embarrassed. Men's sports is the protected category. Men's sports is the protected category. We see this over and over again. In figure skating in 1902, Madge Sires entered the world champs and came back second. There was no rule preventing her, though no woman had ever entered before. 1903, women banned from the world champs. 1905, segregated women's category. I believe that this case is airtight. Exhibit A2, that incredibly athletic sport, skeet shooting. Mm-hmm. 1992, Barcelona. Zhang Shang wins the gold medal. The event had always been an open event, no gendered categories. 1996, Atlanta, women banned from shooting. 2000, Sydney, segregated women's category. Fewer targets for women. Exhibit A3, football. By which I believe she means... Soccer? Soccer. Okay. And she, I think she's British. Women's football, 1920, thriving in the UK with 53,000 strong crowds. Men had been off fighting in World War I. 1921, uh, women's football, banned. Men had returned from World War I. 50 years later, 1971, the ban is lifted and women's football is still recovering. <laughs> More examples exist, but the pattern is clear. Wherever women were included, it was only when they started threatening men's dominance and entitlement that we were segregated into a separate category. Surprisingly, she didn't do, you know, wrestling, running, swimming, anything like anything where... There's like the strong, I mean, like skeet shooting. Yes, <laughs> it's crazy. Women's inclusion was on the terms of those in power. They didn't want women taking opportunities away from men. So they segregated the women. It was never about a benevolent and still sexist aim of supposedly giving women a chance to win. It was about control. 
And the narrative about women being inherently physically inferior to men concocted as a reason to segregate us without threatening masculinity. There are once again actually greater fears here that women may start to challenge men's dominance more broadly. Aha. So she goes on here with more exhibits, uh, including surfing. Mm -hmm. Women are starting to dominate men in surfing, shooting. Uh, Yes. So... She goes on. So, I mean, I guess she's making the case almost that we don't need women's sports as a category at all. Um, Which I think would really put everybody's money where their mouth is. Well, the only problem is it'll be the end of all men in competition. <laughs> of course, because the women will dominate. <laughs> what are they going to do when all the marathon women runners winners are all women? Um, and no men can compete anymore. Right. That's why they have women's. I forgot. So then, that, why? Um, what is the reason that Leah Thomas's competition keeps throwing the matches in his favor? Why don't they just easily crush him? Well, as they're quick to point out, Leah Thomas still hasn't broken the world record for any of these events, <clears throat> and still, you know gets beat in some other events where it's not like his primary competitive event, you know? So, uh, and, and clearly like a lot of girls could beat you at swimming. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. You know what I'm saying? Like, so they use this sort of muddled talking point where it's like, well, lots of girls swim faster than lots of boys. What's the difference? As though there's not like, two bell curves that overlap each other right and like when you get way out at the end there's only one winning you know and even though you have like the huge mass of the bell curve is all mixed together and there's people that are good and bad at everything right like they like to use this stuff and sort of make it confusing if you haven't like thought about it very hard and you're like well men are bigger and stronger and they're like well there's men that are shorter than you are you better than them at swimming automatically? Like it doesn't, but none of that means anything. We're because ta- we're talking about averages. Obviously, men are better than women at sports. But it's funny because I remember talking to somebody I know who's like a who's you know more or less liberal a few years ago, and uh, we were at like the Museum of Science, and there was some exhibit about like men's and women's bodies and like the human body exhibit. And mm-hmm. I said something like, "Don't tell the trans activists." or something and they were like well obviously no one's making the case there's like not actually biological differences and I was like Mm. on the bleeding edge they are absolutely making that case and Mm. wait and see because that's coming it Mm. absolutely is and that's what they're they're really trying to like mix this up and like make it seem like you're confused or don't know what you're talking about hence the guy at the pool with the woman who said like well are you a biologist Mm -hmm. like you don't understand like how how deep this actually is very complicated and new like who's to say this is very subtle but it's actually not though and the woman who says i'm not a vet but i know what a dog is is Mm -hmm. actually right like this is this is simpler than they're making it and your initial gut reaction that men are better than sports because men are better than sports is actually right you know i presume for example that women are allowed in the nba Uh, i would assume if <clears throat> and I would assume that women are allowed in the NFL. Right? I, I would assume, yeah. <laughs> it's not like, I if mean, there was like a woman who was a fantastic quarterback, like better than Tom Brady, someone would draft her, right? Of course. <laughs> like, they want to 
win games and make money and all that stuff. So they would. But uh, so the idea then that that this is like some plot against women that women aren't in these sports and that actually like the only reason is because women would just actually destroy all the men is so insane. But that's like what they do. They don't just like try and argue with your point. They make up a completely insane point that's like so backwards and out of the blue that you like don't even know how to begin to argue with that. All these important are important first. And I'd like to talk about one right now, including the important first female vice president that we have. Kamala loses her 10th staffer since June. VP's national security advisor, Nancy McKeldowney, joins staff exodus after a widely criticized trip to Poland and Romania. <laughs> uh, she'll be succeeded by Philip Gordon. She said she's stepping down to focus on pressing personal matters. And so there we go. She is done. No more Kamala. <clears throat> no more uh, I can't think why that why they, trip went so well. It's interesting though. It's like uh, hopefully they're not blaming her. It's not her that the dummy doesn't study anything. Well, yeah. I mean, it, there's no way she's provided with all the briefing documents everybody's provided with. She could know this stuff. Is that she's the- obviously <clears throat> like? I, I mean, I think that I, I tend to think it's less that she's dumb and more that she's lazy. Yes. You know, I think that she's smart enough to have realized that she could coast by without doing much for much of her life and is not about to start doing stuff like working hard now. I think she's actually probably a pretty intelligent woman. Like she speaks like she's intelligent, you know, Uh, but but she just doesn't want to put the work in. She doesn't want to know anything at this point in her life. She wants to go to fancy parties and get invited to stuff and be, be historic and not really have to do the job. Unfortunately. I mean, listen, guys, we're talking about the potential for war in Europe. I mean, let's really take a moment to understand the significance of what we're talking about. It's been over 70 years. And through those 70 years, as I mentioned yesterday, there has been peace and security. We are talking about the real possibility of war in Europe. My goodness, what a powerhouse. My goodness. Thank you so much for joining us again, everybody. I'm about to head to the movies. Oh, anything you want to disclose? No? No. Okay. I'm about to head to the movies, um, but you can talk to us as usual on Twitter at BurnBarrelPod, BurnBarrelPodcast.com, BurnBarrelPodcast at gmail.com, Facebook.com slash BurnBarrelPodcast. We also have video channels on YouTube, on Rumble, and you can find the audio version of the show anywhere you like to listen to podcasts. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.